Where the Whiteboards Are, a podcast by educators about all things education. You know, one of the things that we haven't we haven't talked about, but I, I really, if anything, I really want your take on this. Oh, yeah? Okay. Like, this whole aspect of, like, teachers indoctrinate students. I, oh maybe we, we've kind of touched on it, because okay. I, I think you made the joke once of, we can't get students to stop farting, or something like <laughs> right. that, I think yeah. is... And I don't know, like, I, this, it, it's just rattled around in my brain mm-hmm. a lot recently. If, like, I'm of the mindset of, like, is there indoctrination? I guess let's define that, right? Like, what? how are we going to define it without, like, sitting down and writing something out? But Right, right. According to the dictionary, <laughs> let's go. I, just, go, go. I think we should start yeah, there, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is the process of teaching a person. Teaching, or, there it is, done. <laughs> No. Okay, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> or group to accept a set of beliefs uncritically. Okay, that definition right there, do teachers indoctrinate students? Yes, no. at a very young age, well, of how to be better people, like okay. manners. So right there. Wash like, your hands. Little Don't things be a like jerk. that. Right. Yeah. Like, you know? I think there is some indoctrination taking place because parents want us to, right? When they drop off their kid in kindergarten or pre-K, we are indoctrinating them to be productive, right? right? Like To fit within our defined societal norms. Right, right. So I, I guess the issue becomes is like, well, we don't agree with teachers when it's not to our benefit. Or to our beliefs. Right. And, you know, so what do we accept as like the societal, societal norms? Well, schools aren't sitting down, like we don't have meetings as well. An educational industry, <laughs> like we don't sit down and like, this is how we're going to, you know, instill exactly. our yeah. beliefs into kids. Right. Really, uh, like at least with recent trends, I think it's because, I mean, education, a good educator ultimately teaches them to think critically. Like I, that was a big thing in my history classes. Question whenever, everything. Yeah. Whenever I, whenever I was teaching my history classes, I was like, guys, I do not care what you believe. Like literally zero cares. I do not care what you believe, but I want you to know why you believe it. Like you need to be able yeah. to answer the question why three times. Um, and and I think just uh, parents end up feeling threatened or communities, you know, even end up feeling threatened by the idea that they, that, that the young ones would start to think critically about it, which wait, according to that definition, doesn't that mean that they're the ones who indoctrinated the kids who want them to accept the beliefs uncritically? Uncritically. And like, because we like, again, a good educator teaches them to think critically. It's like, if you want to agree with your parents, go agree with your parents. It's fine. I'm not mad about that. But like, at least back it up with like historical context or historical fact, like, understand why you believe that, where that belief came from. And and maybe along the way you realize, oh, I don't necessarily agree with, I don't know, the genocide of Native Americans. I, just throwing something out there. Well, to me, it's like, those societal norms of like treating people with respect, not being a racist a-hole, right. you know? Yeah. I guess that's indoctrination. Oh, yeah. definitely. And being better human beings <laughs> is a form of indoctrination. Mm-hmm. Like that in and of itself is what our goal is as educators. Yeah. I don't think our goal as educators is to blindly turn them to a faith or something right. like that. I mean, that's in public education. That is not our goal. Um, but I think we are destined to indoctrinate them in some regard. And it, it even extends past, at least in my classroom now, like in the band classroom, especially, um, there is quite a bit of, like whenever I think about how I set up the expectations for rehearsal, there is quite a bit of me just being like, hey, will you just trust me 
here? Like, yeah. will you just listen to me and, d- and just try, just try doing what I'm asking you to do, you know? And I guess that is like a certain level of indoctrination, but it's very much so based on the like informed, um, like, like my experience in like world-class ensembles, like I, I've been in them. And, and so like seeing the result yielded by this attitude, this behavior in a rehearsal. Dude, just trust me. If you do it, you're going to see incredible results. I promise. And, but like, you can't, they can't know that until they just do it, right. you know? Yeah. And so to, I guess, yeah, to a degree that is indoctrination, but it's not that I am imposing like a belief on them. It's, it's more of like, um, um, tried and true best practices, right? It's like, we know that this works. I've experienced this working before. I can show you videos of all these other groups where it also works for them. Like, this is what musicians do. If you want to be a musician, if you want to be a successful musical ensemble. Um, and so that goes all the way through middle school and high school. Um, you know, it's not just be a good person. I mean, that be a good person stuff definitely carries into it. You know, I need right. you. You're not going to be very good at this music if you're still like playing hanky panky, like whatever right. the percussionists are doing at the back of the room. <laughs> playing hanky <laughs> So whatever. Yeah. You know? Okay. So that's how maybe, you know, this definition of indoctrination works in your classroom. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, I definitely have a component where I could see it within leadership of, hey, we're going to create programs that benefit our community and take care of people that are struggling to get by. Uh, some examples uh, like the Giving Tree program where we had helped, you know, close to 100 families, thousands of gifts that we give to these families um, anonymously. But so I guess the indoctrination piece to that was like, you know, if you want to learn leadership and like servant leadership, a style of leadership where you're like giving to others, while you're also learning how to, to lead projects and benefit other people, like they're we have a process that you have to trust. You have to trust each other. You have to trust um, that you're going to get out of this, what you put into it. Um, and I think there is that piece of where, where Eric said, like, it's okay to question things, but at the same time, that can't slow down progress because, you know, this affects people's lives. So there is a level of indoctrination there. Or, I mean, I, I can think back to so many of those community service type projects, you know, Veterans Day, mm-hmm. you know, there's indoctrination where a student could say, well, why are we, why are we celebrating veterans, which would probably not be a very popular thing for them to say. Right. But I think that's a valid question. But I, I think the way it's presented and, and it's popular enough that I think it maybe looks like indoctrination. It could if, if that's not your belief system. Yeah, honestly. So I think that's what part of this is, is what what's your belief system, whether it's religion or ethics, morals. Oh, I have two things. Sorry, in response to... So, Amanda, do you have any, like... I mean, I'm just thinking as an English teacher, right? So, right now in my class, we're teaching... I'm teaching them Antigone. I don't know if you're familiar Mm -hmm. with this play. Um, It's by Sophocles. And essentially, a moral dilemma is presented. And it is whether or not she should damn her brother who he lost this war. I won't get too far into it. Um, But essentially, it's two brothers. They had a civil war. One is deemed the winner. The other one's the loser. And the king has decided that one of the brothers should remain out in the public, in the open, and will not be buried. And for the ancient Greeks, burial meant that you would be able to go to the underworld. If you weren't buried, you literally are damning that soul to walk the earth forever. Um, And that's literally what I tell the students. I'm like, you are condemning that person to walk and wander the earth and never be sort of free, right? So there is a religious component to this. Um, And we talk about the gods, not a god, but the gods, um, because it's ancient Greek and stuff. And so we actually explore moral development 
and what it means to have morals and where those lines kind of cross. Do you follow the law or do you follow the God's laws? Right. Um, and so there's definitely some good critical thinking. Yeah. And there's some sticky situations within moral development. Um, and at what stage, you know, whether you believe in stages or not in moral development, um, we have to talk about. I'm sorry, but the God's laws were still written by humans. Sure. But th- we're talking about for the ancient Greeks, like yeah. what, what they would right. want, yeah, yeah. what the Greek audience would want you yeah. to do, which is to venerate the gods. Mm-hmm. Um, but it still begs the question of what is right and wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is something that can be very gray in a classroom, right? When you're talking about these things, but also in other situations, there are some gray situations that are brought about in life that you will encounter that may be morally questionable that you are going to have to grapple with in your adult life. And so I still think it's important to have those kind of discussions with yeah. students. So if, if I'm a community member, and I sit in on part of that lesson. I think depending on the person, that lesson could be indoctrination or it could not be. Right. Oh, very much so. Because we're talking about the gods. We're talking right. about what is moral. We're talking about condemning someone to, you know, this sort of purgatory. Like it's it's a lot. But you're also not telling people to, to venerate those Greek gods. <laughs> no, definitely you know? not. And I don't know of any, I'm trying to be careful here, but I don't know that I've ever met a teacher that, that has done something like that. No. And I will say, no. okay, so... This is maybe a weird tangent. You can leave it or not. Um, But another teacher at our school was upset because a student came up to her and told her to stop playing her Christian music Mm. because it was upsetting Mm -hmm. her because it was talking about worship. It was worship music, essentially. And so this teacher was very upset that this student had approached her and said, your worship music is making me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, is there a place for worship music in the, you know, in a classroom like that? Like they're just working away and they're listening to these worship songs. And if a student come up to you and said, hey, I don't like that music. It's making me uncomfortable. What is your Uh, reaction? Okay. I misunderstood at first. So the teacher was playing the music. Yes. The teacher was playing. At first in my head, I heard a Oh, sorry. The teacher was playing worship music for the whole class, right? Like they're doing homework or whatever. They're working on stuff. It's independent work time and it's her radio and it's her classroom. But also you have a student approach you and say, I am uncomfortable with what it is that you are playing. What was the outcome? Do you know? The teacher turned up the music and continued to play it. And then complained about how that's ridiculous because this is Christian music and therefore it has no swear words. And so I should get to play my Christian music. Now, Mm. let's pretend for a second (laughs) that instead of Christian worship music, it was, say, a rap song that was Mm. critical of the political state of America. Mm. Like, does... Now suddenly, like, does the uh, the appropriate reaction change? Right. Well, it depends the color of the people. Definitely sing depends. The song. <laughs> oh, so it depends on the color of the rapper skin. I mean, at least in my experience, that's uh, that's what I've seen. You right. know, because like, you know, imagine imagine <laughs> that I'm playing some right. like hypercritical <clears throat> rap music, and a student's like, "Wow, this is this is really a." Uh, is really strong for me as a freshman and I instead turned it up louder. I wonder I wonder if I would almost get fired mm. for that. Right. You know, or mm. you know, whoever the teacher was. Hypothetically. Yeah. Right. 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 Hypo- <laughs> hypothetically well, speaking. And I just think that's so sad if a student tells you they're uncomfortable with something and it's okay to be uncomfortable in like talking about morality in my classroom when we're talking about Antigone and yeah, this is some sticky stuff that we're grappling with as a class. 
But I think this is a different type of uncomfortable. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to hear your worship music in my, you know what I mean? Like, so that's so not... to use kind of what Eric did, let's say we had a teacher of a different faith right. that was playing a worship song of a, of a completely different faith. Yeah. Like Buddhism. And that teacher turned the music up louder. I think outcome would have been very different that's for that funny. community. Right. Um, interesting question. Like that's a, it's a good thought experiment because schools are not supposed to support any one religion, Mm-mm. you know, in schools we, I mean, it never happened in my class, but, but we can present like, whether it's a history class, you present different theologies and different ways of thinking throughout history, yeah. the religions of the world. Um, are we just supposed to pretend those things didn't exist? So when a teacher, um, for a class like says, Hey, this is what I want to do. And it's like, okay, if everybody's on board with it or a student asks for it, uh, okay. But if another student says, Hey, I'm not comfortable with it. Um, hmm. I, I think maybe you need to respect, respect that, whether that's your own belief or not, you have to kind of put your own beliefs aside because we're not supposed to put our beliefs out there, whether it's political, whether it's religious, whether whatever. But, but that's also weird because here we're trying to teach people how to, I don't know. It's sticky. It's a weird. Yeah. um, Well, and it's different because I feel like we hear about uh, when a teacher is challenging a student, which there is no growth without challenge. Right. Right. <clears throat> and I don't believe that any teacher, at least, I don't know, maybe like show me an article of a teacher who was legitimately trying to push their beliefs onto students, not just saying these are my beliefs, but actually pushing it onto mm-hmm. students. Like, okay, fine. Give me an example. Um, but I do hear about unchallenged um, policies at an administrative level. Uh, like there's a, a school not far from where we are, where it is a rule. Like they will, students will be punished. Like the, they receive, I, I don't know, it's called like a step or something like that. Um, if they do not stand during the Pledge of Allegiance. <sighs> what? Like, so does I, that, does that count as political? Uh, like it does in my book, but like just, you know, as, yeah. as a question, like does that count as political indoctrination? I give first hour, like our principal does read the Pledge of Allegiance. Like he recites it to the whole school and everything like that. That's every fine. day, every day. Um, but I've always like in all seven years that I've taught, like if that's happening, I always make it clear to my first hour class. It is your choice. Mm-hmm. I am not going to force you to pledge your allegiance to anything. It is your choice. Um, however, whenever it's happening, we need to be respectful of those who do choose to say the Pledge of Allegiance. But I'm, I'm not because that does it feels like right. indoctrination to me and so specifically to avoid the issue but of course like given the uh the culture that we are um, steeped in here in you know missouri right. like a tea so yeah <laughs> like a like a tea so here's a little i don't know thought experiment that i always had and i never i never asked any foreign exchange students like when a foreign exchange student comes to the to the u.s and the school does pledge of allegiance and maybe you know maybe you saw it i know i didn't do they do they stand do they go through it because everybody else is doing it more or less well that but that's always my thing right, right? Like, like that feels like indoctrination and and i feel like some people would be like well they're in the u.s they need to pledge allegiance but social but, psychology is so let's, real let's switch it around if if you were in Cambodia and they did a pledge to Cambodia would you would you feel comfortable standing up and right. swearing allegiance to that I would that's where it's like mm, it needs to be an individual choice especially whenever you have that little tidbit that was added in 1954 right. about yeah. right. under god it's like you're going to you're going to force yeah. children to <gasps> not not just politically but now we we also have that religious element you know yeah. and it, it just 
I don't, and that's, I feel like you're not going to hear about that because it's from like a, a school district or like an administrative level. So you're less likely because it's not an egregious offense. Right. And also, again, the culture that we are surrounded by here more or less like expects like, oh, well, if you're not going to pledge allegiance, you can get out of the USA. I'm like, well, that's not that easy. So at what age does it become a choice when it comes to the pledge too? Because in kindergarten, I remember being taught, here's what you do mm-hmm. when the pledge mm-hmm. is being perf- you know, said right. or the Star Spangled Banner. Like, here is your responsibility when yeah. you're little. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. like you enough. know, so at what age do you then get to make that choice? Do you get to make that choice when you're a little itty bitty kid? Or is that deemed you being obstinate? Does that, yeah, you know, yeah, like oppositional? It, yeah. yeah Executive sure. function doesn't fully develop until your mid 20s. So maybe that's a good age to introduce <laughs> these kinds of choices. I don't know. Obviously like, I, not. In a, okay. If I'm an elementary teacher, I could see, okay, we're going to start the day off with the pledge. It's a, it's a nice little prompt of like to get everybody like, on the same page. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also, like, I feel like you would see the same thing in North Korea. Right. Yeah. 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 Actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, hmm. this is kind of interesting and it's like, okay, so at a high school level, I've based off the conversation, like give students the option to participate or not. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're giving students an, the ability to say, hey, I don't want to participate in this. I'm not comfortable with it. Okay, that's fine. What things, but like that, that indoctrination piece of like being a good person, are students allowed not to participate in that? Right. Like, you know, I know I was taught, you know, through my school, like, you know, about equality of uh, cultures and, and race and ethnicity of like, like you can be a different skin color or be of a different culture, but we're, we're all still people. We're all still equal. And I feel like I thought everybody else believed that. And then over the past few years, I'm realizing that's not. No, some people are more equal than others. <laughs> that's mm, math teacher in me is like, <laughs> uh, so are students allowed to like check out and be like, no, I, I want to believe uh, I'm more superior than this other culture or ethnicity. Okay. So I'm, te- let's say I'm teaching night. I'm yeah, teaching okay. a Holocaust book. Okay. Ugh. This is a true story. This is actually happened to a person and it is about the horrors of living through the Holocaust. I'm sure a lot of you listeners are familiar with that book. What happens when I have a kid and I haven't yet have a kid that says, well, that's a made up fairy tale. The Holocaust never happened. My parents told me that that is propaganda. It never happened. And that's my belief. So I'm not going to read Mm -hmm. that book. Here's the thing about belief. (laughs) If we got rid of all the books in the world, every single book that ever existed, literally every single book, and we started over, would we find evidence and reach the same conclusions as we did before we got rid of all those books? Like that, that... That I think is the uh, like the 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 keystone, I guess. I don't know of that where it's like that's not a belief. That's you in denial, right? right? Because the evidence exists, the photographic evidence exists, the archaeological evidence exists, like the population evidence exists. All of that exists, and and very much so supports and illustrates the horrors of what happened, right? So your belief that that didn't happen is not a belief. 
it is some sort of uh, mental gymnastics. It is a it is a state of denial, and I just I cannot personally accept that as like oh well then we need to respect it because it's their belief that but be- we, it's not. We, <laughs> I hear what you're saying, and I 100 percent agree. Yeah, but we also live in a world where people can say that the world is flat and that is not a belief that they can back that up with evidence and facts no, and they science. Can't. They've disproven themselves numerous <laughs> times. <laughs> but you still have people that follow that and, and maybe they don't, oh, well, clearly they don't understand the, <laughs> the science and the facts. Um, but they still, they get to the conclusion that, that they want or that somebody else has directed them in. And I think that's like, that's indoctrination. So mm-hmm. I want to go into a story with our previous school. Um, I was, I was teaching a geometry class and there was a young lady. She was a freshman at the time and she was talking about, uh, the church that she went to. I think she was talking about like her youth group. Um, no big deal. Um, and she was talking about their youth pastor had proven to them that the the earth is flat. And here I am in a geometry class. And I'm like, <laughs> like we can just look at some basic geometry, you know, like we, with, with triangles and stuff and prove that, you know, the, the world's a spheroid. Yeah. Uh, and it was like, the, I guess the, the part that was really concerning to me about that is that, um, the leader of that church right, has was also the s- school board president. Oh, gee. oh, oh! Um, I wasn't. You know ex- whether whether he was directly <laughs> whether that was his belief or not. I don't know, but one of the people that was leading um, the youth program that was under you know <clears throat> his church and you know I don't know the governance structure of that church, but uh, I, I found that very like oh my gosh, like we have people within this community of of influence that are teaching students that the world that the world is flat. And this young lady believed him, but you're a freshman in high school. You have a person, an adult, right. in a position of influence over you, and yeah, um, just and they're a school leader. Like uh, that. Well, I mean, there was a, a correlation to the school board president, um, which maybe had a, a red flag for me. Um, I don't know if they're, you know, I don't know. And they have a direct impact on who gets hired, who gets, I mean, who gets hired and fired and all these other decisions, monetary and otherwise. And their belief systems matter. The school Mm -hmm. board members that you vote for, For it matters. It matters greatly, especially if, say, they were a Holocaust denier and now they are your school board president. So with that, like, along the same thread, I'm going to go back To we had a, a strategic um, meeting for the school district, so we were trying to plan uh, a CSIP, so the Comprehensive School Improvement Plan, and there's some strategic planning that goes involved with that, or, or that should. So there's a community planning night, and your typical response for this community is that most of the school board is there, uh, administrators are there. So that's, you know, three, four principals. And then there's maybe three teachers and, and three parents total at this meeting. So not a good show out for a meeting that's supposed to plan um, the direction for the school district. I went or, to one of those. This may have been. It was abysmal. Was this uh, in the gym of the middle school? It was, uh, no, it was in the uh, the lobby, the cafeteria or of the middle school. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Oh, so, okay, so. Sorry, I, I stayed that wrong. So no, this is, might be the same one. Okay. So that same uh, individual, the school board president, who is the, the head pastor at a local church, um, was in this meeting. And the question is, what, what do we do about families that are struggling kind of like 
financially and, and thus like behaviorally, like there's, you know, students that are struggling, you know, <laughs> Sorry, I remember this. you know, what, what could we do as a school district to help these community members? And the response was, well, they just need to come to my church. <laughs> and like, and that was it. That ended discussion. And it, you know, the, the leadership classroom teacher in me is like, well, here we can, we provide these programs. We can help enhance these. And I was like, okay, but they need to, they need to come to my church. And it's not even, it was not stated as they just need to go to any church of, let alone any house of worship. It was, they need to come to my church. And I, that was, that was a huge red flag for me of like, so not only I just are we saying that this that we're promoting one religion we're promoting one one church in our community so did anybody have sorry did anybody have like an anybody say anything so we were we were in small groups there was probably four people in my group well i I was the only one that didn't go to that church (gasps) in that group so everybody else just fell in line oh they just all said yeah sounds great oh that's horrifying that is horrifying (laughs) School is not a part of religion, and it shouldn't be. It never should be. And to hear that, it just hurts my heart because there's so much more that schools do that is not about belief. It's not about that at all. So my leadership class, you know, this is kind of tricky for me. My leadership class partnered with some local churches to provide programs for the community. Which... Makes sense. That's what. But I always tried to state, like, because we're partnering with these churches, doesn't mean that you have to attend these churches. Right. They're allowing us to use their facilities. Um, They're trying to give back to the community, just like we are, which is a great relationship. And that's the core function of church and religion. So, throughout history. So there's right. a there's a place for that relationship. And I'll say like the main church that we um, worked with never tried to influence students, even when they were in their building, when we we're, you know, handing out presents or, or doing other activities when they let us use their facilities. It, they were never pushing their philosophies or, or anything or trying to recruit students. It was, we're just glad that you're here and that we can help. And and that was really refreshing. And I feel like that should be the goal um, for churches and, and communities. And I don't care what the belief system is, you know, right. if there's a, a community church and their goal is to reach out to community members, you know, that might be a good relationship. But when it starts to cross over into you need to believe what we believe, well, that's indoctrination. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just know? getting so mad at all the hypocrisy. I'm just like, I'm just getting like too fired up right now. <laughs> so I, so we made the the joke about um, the rap song. I, You've never talked about it on here. I, and You're I right. joke with you about it as much as I can. Oh yeah. It, Listeners, if you go back through, yeah. and, I think there's 15 episodes out right now and yeah. at least four or five of them. It's mentioned. <laughs> and I've actually <laughs> got, uh, from our meme lord, Matthew Holdway, oh. he sent me a private one that, oh, did he? Uh, of that that he made. I'll have to oh. show it to oh, you. No, I, I need, want to, I see need it. to see it. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that incident? And you don't have to if you don't feel comfortable. But I, I think it speaks to this topic of indoctrination, let alone the hypocrisy of certain things. Um, yeah, I'll talk about it. Um, there's a part of me that as I'm reflecting right now, I'm realizing like, there's a part of me that I think is, uh, embarrassed at the admittedly poor decision-making involved, um, at the time, uh, I was still Yours? Very... Your poor decision-making? Uh, okay. There is an element of that. Okay. 
Okay. That was poor decision making. Okay. Okay. Um, I was still a young teacher. I think it was my second year teaching is when it happened. Um, it was like right at the end of the year. I remember because I, as a track coach, I was not able to go to uh, state. I was not able to go with the athletes to state that year. Yeah. Well, because, and then, because my suspension happened like starting that Friday and then it was, it was the state was on Saturday right there. So, I mean, yeah, that sucked. And then finals the week after that. Anyways, um, so yeah, if y'all remember when um, This Is America first came out, <laughs> uh, uh, Donald Glover, or I'm sorry, Childish Gambino came out with that. And um, the symbolism in the music video and just the like, again, hyper critical, we'll call it analysis of American politics, right? Um, as far as like black man with a gun, uh, how we treat the gun versus how we treat, you know, the people affected by the violent crimes it depicts like the uh charleston church shooting stuff like that like it's it, i mean it, listeners if you've watched the video you know what i'm talking about but nothing in that video is inaccurate um and it's not like it's violent but it's not overly gory i don't know i'm i'm, I'm all just justifying right now okay anyways that video came out i got super excited about it because we were in my U.S. history class, um, working on a paper where I was asking students to like, like, kind of my big thing at the end of the year was we did a paper that was like all of his, like uh, not all of history, but like everything we talked about in the year so far, like more or less like a summarization of that, and then like how do we see that in the world today, and then make a prediction about tomorrow, right? Like what, like about the future based on like historical evidence. What do you notice in the trends today, and then based on trends that you saw in history, what can we expect to happen in the future, right? Like it, it was it was probably too high of level thinking for freshmen. That's where my like poor decision making feeling comes in. Right. Because I was so excited about this music video that I thought I would show it to them as like an exercise of like, hey, see, like this is somebody being hypercritical of American politics. And um, I gave them a disclaimer before we played. I was like, this is a relatively violent video, but it's also like it, 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 it's not gory. You know, it just shows people getting shot. You know, um, he does light a uh, hand rolled cigarette at the end. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, I just felt like there was value in it. Um, but also I was just really excited about like just how deep this music video was and how much there was to pick apart and how much there was to talk about. Uh, so I showed it to my U S history classes, um, on Wednesday and that night I'm, I'm I don't do Facebook. Like I have a Facebook, but I'm not on it ever. Apparently that night, like, of course, kids were telling their parents, um, parents lit up the uh school like facebook pages like lit them up because like oh they're indoctrinating our how i'm gonna go pull my kid out of that school right now because blah 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 whatever you know they were they were upset i can understand why they would be upset it wasn't necessarily in my lesson plan i was just excited to show it um so that's wednesday night thursday morning i get to school there's an email in my inbox from a parent this is the only email I got from any of the parents. There's an email from the parent that said, Mr. Schrantz, I appreciate everything you do for us. I believe that, uh, I don't remember the specific wording anymore, but it was in support. They were basically saying like, I don't think you've done anything wrong. I believe that what you teach our children is valuable. Um, and I just want you to know that I, I think you're doing the right thing, essentially. Can right? I, can I stop you? Uh, sure. Yeah. I don't want to, we might take this out. I'm super curious who sent that okay. email. Um, I don't... Okay. I didn't know if you remembered. I don't specifically remember. It was, I had a lot of freshmen, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, it but was. Those emails are super rare. Uh, right. They are super rare. Like I, let alone getting an email from a parent 
at all, you know, except about like, my kid still has a zero. And I'm like, they didn't turn it in. Oh, like, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's 95% of the e- parent emails that I actually get. So like that was, I'm like sitting in first hour, like trying to take attendance in this email. And I'm like, well, okay, well, yeah, thank, feeling good. Thank, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, so that's random. kind of weird, yeah. but like, all right. Sounds good to me. I go through second hour and I think I want to say it was like third hour or so the superintendent comes and knocks on my door and I was like, Hey, what's going on? And he was like, Hey, Shrantz, so, uh, what's this, uh, what's this music video? There's some sort of music video. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? And I'm like, uh, we watched one in class yesterday. Oh, what's he's like, well, what, what was the name of it? Like, what do I, what do I, and I was like, Oh, well, this is America, Childish Gambino. You know, it has this application to like what we're working on in class right now, whatever. It's like, Oh, okay. Thanks. And he left. <laughs> And he goes back and I guess he like watched the video, obviously. Right. Um, and then lunch happens. And at lunch, people kind of clue me in. They're like, man, did you see Facebook? Like parents are upset about something going on. Cause no, none of the parents knew what class specifically it was in or like who the teacher was or whatever. So they, they, they were just yelling and screaming. And so like, that's where I started to piece. I was like, okay, superintendent, like, oh my God, what's going on after lunch? It was like sixth hours. I think it was my planning hour. Uh, He's like, I need you to come to my office. And I go in and the principal and the superintendent are sitting there. And uh, his, he, he literally is, he, the first thing that the superintendent says to me is, what the hell were you thinking? And I was like, well, well, I told you, you know, there's this depiction of very real things that have happened in recent American history. Like these are trends right now. This is just somebody being hypercritical, like of what's going on. Like this is the assignment that I was like you know, trying to tie it in with and Art blah, blah, blah. Imitating life. Like imagine that. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And, uh, well, they just laid into me and they were just like, well, Francis was dumb. Like this was very, this, this is a very poor decision on your part. Um, you're, we're going to suspend you for two days. I think it was like, because the board meeting was that night. Right. Like the board meeting was that I showed it to them on Wednesday, Wednesday night happens Thursday. This is my day at school on Thursday. And the board meeting is that night. And, uh, like the closing remarks from that meeting were, we'll see what the board says about your employment tonight. Like literally like you're suspended for two days. No, you're not going to state track. We'll see you next Tuesday or whatever it was. Like literally I did not see students the rest of that year because it was the last week of school. Again, we were just like wrapping up assignments, you know? So what was their, what was their issue from an administrative standpoint? Cause I, the comment of like, this is stupid. And you've kind of said like poor decision-making. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm still I, okay. I can kind of maybe agree with that because you're saying that about yourself. Like, mm-hmm. because you're like, yeah, maybe I messed up with this. I'm like, okay, well, if you think you messed up, I, I want to believe you. Mm-hmm. But I, I, re- man, I really don't want to b- believe that it was a stupid decision. I, so, so what, like, where's their complaint? Is, are they just upset because parents are complaining? Yes. Ultimately, that's what it boiled down to is we have a community of parents who are screaming bloody murder right now, screaming for my head, literally like screaming for my job. Um, and, you know, maybe one or two of those parents were like on the school board as well. Oh, like okay, something okay. about that. Um, okay. Yeah. So it, it really boiled down to that. They, they said something about like, how was this in the lesson plan? And, you know, and, and it wasn't like, it wasn't I didn't <laughs> sit down on Monday that we are on Sunday right. that week and like, Oh, then, well this week I'm going to take Donald Glover's video and whatever. But was Austin Powers ever in any lesson <laughs> or plan? Joe Dirt. Joe Dirt. Or Joe Dirt. Yeah. Or, yeah. or Animal House. would like to calm down a little bit. Um, so yeah, that night 
here's the here's mm, mm, mm. okay so administration is like we'll see if you still have a job tomorrow oh how scary right? uh well, yeah. So I went to Sam's room and decompressed for a minute, you know? Um, and then obviously I'm going to the school board meeting. Yeah. Duh. I'm going to go. I'm going to. And you would there. expect to be part of that conversation. I would expect to, to like answer at, questions. At least right. have a chance to yeah. like voice my position, answer questions. Like you said, I wasn't allowed in the room. I was not allowed in the room. I sat there outside. I sat in the library outside, outside the room where they had their school board meetings while they discussed my future employment. And then superintendent and principal came out whenever they were done. Um, and then <laughs> acted like they were giving me like good graces. They were like, we're just going to be finished with the suspension, but you are not, your employment is not terminated, blah, blah, blah. And like acted like they had done me a favor. Right. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, Sam and I still talk about just how mishandled from an administrative standpoint it was because I was immediately, I was immediately cast out, like immediately. I'd, I had absolutely zero even attempt of understanding from administration. I had zero support from them. Like I understand where that is questionable material. Maybe I send home a permission form sure. to parents. Right. Like, I understand that. Cover your butt kind of like. But to yeah. fire me over something that I don't even think there's like an actual bad word yeah. in that whole, like there's not an F-bomb or anything. If I, I'd have to go listen to the song again. Right. But because it, it is just this very stark depiction of very real things that happen in this country that it was a black man with a gun. Right. Rapping. It's like, oh, dear God, like save the children, you know. But like in, in no way was that meant as like indoctrination. I wasn't telling them like, this is why you should burn your American flags when you get home tonight. Like I wasn't, there wasn't that piece to it. I, I was, I was literally trying to, cause some of the kids, like admittedly, it was a very difficult, like if I sat down and tried to do that, I'd have to sit and think about how to write that paper as right. well. Like it's, it's, I was, you know, I was getting them to flex a little bit. I was trying to get them to flex sure. a little bit. Yeah. Um, and so to try to show them like, hey, this is, here's, here's a piece of criticism. Well, and what's crazy too, is that other teachers around the country were doing exactly what you were doing with that music video. Yeah. It was everywhere as a social commentary, as a historical commentary on what happens in yeah. America for yeah. young black men right. or young black people. And right. it, I, it just blew my mind. Because even now you can go on Teachers Pay Teachers mm -hmm. and buy an entire lesson plan over over that yeah, music right. video. I mean, literally, it's all very you, teachable. You only need the first thirty seconds. Literally, you just need the guy playing the guitar. You go up on Donald Glover. He starts dancing. He he like shoots the guy in the back of the head with a bag over his head. And that moment where they set the gun on a red velvet pillow and it's like carried off by a servant, and then the the dead man's body is just like dragged across the floor. That's all you really need. That's all you need. If you if listener, if you've not seen the music video, it, from my perspective, it is a it, it's a piece of art in it the is. sense that like. The movement in it, the storytelling, whether you agree with it or not, it mm -hmm. is it is profound. It creates a reaction. There are so many layers. Mm -hmm. For sure. Mm -hmm. um, it, so one of the things that always bothered me about this, Eric, is one, I was gone during this. My, my <laughs> daughter was six months old, had um, pneumonia and was in St. Louis for a, a week. So I come back mm -hmm. and everybody's like, Oh, Mr. Strance, Mr. Strance. I'm like, what are you talking about? What's going on with Mr. Strance? Oh, he's getting, he's getting fired. I'm like, what, what? And they're like, yeah, he played this music video. And I'm like, what? 
no, that's like, that doesn't, uh, that's not how, how right. things work. Like right. we've had, yeah. Uh, and like, while I was gone in, you know, I'm in the hospital with my daughter, I'm like trying to create lesson plans. And one of the things I wanted to do was show that music video in my leadership class. <laughs> And had I been there, I would have, but I wasn't going to have a sub do it. Cause I want to, like, I was excited to guide right. that conversation. Well, and I wanted to, cause it's, it's, it was profound. Like when I watched it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is, there's so much to unpack here. And like you, at the end, it's, it, you feel kind of chilling and right. Or it, and it's, yeah. Oh, I didn't and, just and like play the, the video and walk away. Like we right, talked right. about it. Right. But here's the thing had I granted leadership was sophomores to senior. So it is a different age level. Mm -hmm. I, I could, parents still could have complained, Yeah, but I don't think I would have had the administrative reaction. And that's the thing that really, that of all the, like, there's so many things to be bothered by. I'm like, I feel like they're just trying to turn you into a target. Look, we've made enough jokes about Austin right. Powers and Joe Dirt. Like, listener, there was literally a teacher in the same school as us who regularly. Probably still does. Probably st regularly played Austin Powers 1, 2, and 3. Mm -hmm. in class and joe dirt you gotta have the trilogy well yeah that obvious <laughs> so obviously. many unanswered questions who to his freshman classes to freshmen for weeks for weeks and weeks and weeks and then they'd come into my room and be like well aren't we just gonna watch a movie it's the end of the year we've already taken the end of course exams i'm like no we're still doing stuff yeah, and because of course that's the that are, expectation that's been right that are literally to us, a month so. and a half before the end of school and so now we're just gonna whoop, whatever we're just gonna watch actually wildly inappropriate movies mm -hmm. animal house for mythology is probably my favorite because they wear togas um <laughs> that is why they got to watch that movie i love that that's the connection <laughs> that was I the just, connection like i don't i just don't even understand we're gonna watch caligula <laughs> God. So, yeah. So hey, we don't we don't work there anymore, right? But <laughs> like people thought you were trying. Well, I I shouldn't speak mm -hmm. to to what they thought. But my takeaway is they felt like it was some sort of indoctrination. Yeah, all it was. I think that it, it's it's art imitating life. Like it, it right. was speaking to the issues that have happened and continue to happen within our nation. And that's very appropriate for yeah. that class. This was like what, 2016, 2017? Uh, it was 2018. Like, oh, was it 18? Yeah. Okay, so 2018. Did you come back that next year? Or did you have your other I position? thought it was my second. It may have been my third year because then I probably... Emma was born in 2017 and she was six months old. So, so it was in 2018. Mm -hmm. No, because my, of 18. Yeah. my first year at my new school was 1920 because okay. my first year was... Yeah, so it was my second year teaching. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just... 2018 is when This Is America came out. Okay, so just, yeah, so it was in 2018. But um, Oh, did you know that there's another music video that was put out in 2022 called This Is Not America? I have no, I have no idea. I'm just, sorry, yay Google. I oh, okay. just might be interesting to... Okay, yeah, check it out. Yeah, check it out. and Maybe, listener, you can teach both music videos. <laughs> maybe that'll be nice for them. So, uh, yeah, yeah, all that to say, I just, I don't, I don't know why I was, why... <sighs> 
why it came down so hard on me. It's because you made them uncomfortable. How dare you? How dare you make kids? So you're, you're not tenured at this point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, it's in 2018. Oh, this is what I was going to say about that. So it was in 2018 and I had kids literally asking me, like, I, I don't know what's wrong. Like, what's what's wrong with the world today? Like, what what is there to be critical of? Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, ultimately the connection that I made. I'm like, well, here's this, you know? Yeah. So. Uh, well, Okay. So I just had this bubble up in my, in my brain. Yeah, of course. You teaching history and, and your style of teaching and, and the rigor and all the things that you had students do, if I remember correct, you had some, some parents that complained about grades. The reason I brought that up, I didn't know if it was like the administrators were like, oh, you know, people have complained, so we're just going to roll over on this. Mm. It's such a weird thing because it's literally the last week of school graduation had already happened for yeah. seniors. Mm-hmm. You, you played this music video, but you know, down the hall, you've got somebody playing, you know, Austin Powers, Austin Powers. 100%, let alone, you know, other teachers doing something similarly. Yeah. You know? uh, still wasting. Yeah. I will say wasting time in class right. with just yeah. movies. Right. Just yeah. putting a movie on. We're, while you're still trying to learn and push them to call to back the with something you brought up earlier, like there's yeah. no learning without challenge. Yeah. And that's kind of what you're doing. Trying. Yeah. I still, uh, we joke about it constantly, this Mm. exact issue, and it it still bothers me to this day. I think it was wildly mishandled. If Sam were here, she'd probably be in tears with frustration talking about it, honestly. (laughs) Like, who, by the way, yeah, unfortunately, Sam was not able to join us today, dear listener. Um, You know, it's just sort of uh, one of those things. You know, we all have our days, and uh, today was hers. I just feel like talking about indoctrination. And looking at this music video and getting kids to think critically right. is not wrong. And right. that is our it's, job as educators. If literally we're going to take the definition of indoctrination, then I am doing it. Literally, I was trying the- to teach them to think critically. Right. And in the definition, it says to be uncritical. Um, like, right. it's, anti- it's antithetical. Yeah. It makes no sense. And we, they throw that word around like... Well, let's, right. let's call it what it is. They that's brought up in in a point where people think that there's some liberal agenda being presented by, by education as an industry. I've never been, I've never been presented with one. Right. So I, in all my college experience, I never had a teacher or professor, anybody ever say, this is what you need to think about the world. It may be like in the context of what we're doing with, you know, disabilities or, education and learning you really need to like process or think this way but it was never like this world view right it was never um some liberal agenda does that happen someplace i would yes probably can't say no right but it's not to the extent that some people um fear but this connects to so many issues within education when people are leaving this field because we feel and i shouldn't say we because i'm not in it anymore but that we're under attack that there's this constant artillery of like things knocking at our profession. We are degree holding licensed professionals that are underpaid. Overworked. Overworked. (laughs) And people want to say that we're trying to brainwash kids. And that's just not the, that's not the case. Um, And granted my, my experience and scope is very small, but we know lots and lots of teachers and they all say the same things that we're saying. It's, I don't know. It's, it's why good people are leaving and it's why good people won't become teachers. 
I mean, we know what it is. It's the private sector's concerted effort to dismantle public education for the sake of generating profit off of the natural human process that is learning because we're running out of other resources to mine and to, and to harvest. And so we have to, you see it with social media, we have the, the, the only bountiful, truly, truly bountiful resource still left is the human intellect, Data. the human psyche. Data. Exactly. You generate that into so, profit. Sorry. No, hot take. Good. You wanted my take. <laughs> There's my <laughs> right. take, man. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up. This yeah. episode we really weren't sure where it was gonna lead. Sorry that it's a little bit longer and maybe we're all over the place. Love you. <laughs> we we have lots to say and we had already spoken maybe an hour before we hit record. Yeah, no, easy. Yeah. This and other other topics. We would love to hear from you. What what are things that you're seeing? Yeah. Um, maybe you have an experience of where a teacher or professor or somebody tried to indoctrinate you into a way of thinking, or maybe you have a crazy story of you played a music video and almost got fired. <laughs> um, yeah. We would love to hear from you. Please reach out to us. Um, we will catch you next time on Where the Whiteboards Are. Thanks for listening to Where the Whiteboards Are. The opinions expressed in our podcast are that of the individuals and do not represent the opinions of their employees, school districts, or communities in which they work.